we are in a series about Abraham. Anybody heard of him? Abraham? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Pretty big dude, right? He's a pretty big pillar of the faith. He is a guy that um, sets up the, you know, the messianic line. He is a guy that set, brings uh, Israel together. I mean, he's pretty important, pretty important guy, I would think. And his story is told in the book of Genesis, the journey of Abraham through his, from his call to the end. Because so much can be learned about ourselves, so much can be learned about our own personal walk with Christ if you look and read his story. You know, I've read it many times. And every time I read it, every time I go back to it, something new about his story jumps out at me. Something new and different because it's so vast and so varied and and it's so true and relevant. Um, That's the amazing thing, I guess, about God's word. People have been talking about Abraham for thousands of years and yet... His life is still relevant today. So today I'm going to jump into Genesis chapter 13. If you've got your uh, Bibles open up to Genesis chapter 13. And let's refresh, if you will. Abraham's called. Abram, as he is called at this moment, uh, is called by God. To, God comes to him and says, look, I want you to leave. I want you to go. Take your family. Leave everyone else behind. Just your immediate family. Leave the rest of your family behind. And go to a place I'm going to show you. I'm not going to tell you everything about it. I'm not going to give you all the clues. I'm not going to give you all the directions. Just take off. And Abram's like, okay, (laughs) whatever, God, you know, I'm in. Whatever you want of me, I'm going. He takes that leap of faith and he believes strong enough in God that he he goes out. And he takes his nephew Lot with him. Takes his wife, he takes Lot, takes all their stuff with him. Genesis chapter 13, Lot and Abram run into a little bit of a problem. Problem is they've both been blessed immensely by God. God has looked down upon them favorably and has blessed them with lots and lots of sheep, lots and lots of cattle, lots of possessions. Chapter 13, verse 5. Now Lot, who was traveling with Abram, was also very wealthy with sheep, cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. There were too many animals for the available pasture land. So an argument broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. Then Abram talked it over with Lot. It's arguing between our herdsmen has got to stop, he said. After all, we are close relatives. I'll tell you what we'll do. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want that area over there, then, then I'll stay here. If you want to stay in this area, then I'll move on to another place. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the Garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose that land for himself, the Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So while Abram stayed in the land of Canaan, Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom, among the cities of the plain. The people of this area were unusually wicked and sinned greatly against the Lord. After Lot was gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction. I am going to give all this land to you and your offspring as a permanent possession. And I'm going to give you so many descendants that like dust they can't be counted. Take a walk in every direction and explore the new possessions I am giving you. Then Abram moved his camp to the oak grove owned by Mamre, which is at Hebron. There he built an altar to the Lord. Anybody ever heard of theology of abundance, that term, the theology of abundance? There's this term. I didn't just make it up. Call it theology of abundance. There's a difference between Lot and Abram here. And that's it. It's a theology of abundance that Abram had. See, okay, you have a problem. 
They're both really wealthy, which means they have tons of cattle and tons of sheep. Problem is the land can't support both of them. Abram, the older, wiser, the uncle, the leader, the one God calls, says, okay, here's what we're going to do. You choose. You choose, and then I'll take whatever's left. You choose what you want, and then I'll go wherever else. Seems kind of backward, doesn't it? I mean, especially knowing the Israelite culture and knowing the importance put on elders. You know, Abram should have gone, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go here, and then you're going to go somewhere else. Because I'm the one that God called. That's not what he does. He says, you choose. So this is what Lot did. Lot goes, okay, I'll look around, I'm going to take, take stock of everything. And, ooh, that's a pretty land over there. It's green. It's right by the river. It's lots of grass for my sheep and cattle to eat. Uncle Abram's going to get, you know, whatever's left. But I'm going to take that one. That's nice. So he goes there. What happens to Lot? He gets sucked in. He gets sucked into the wickedness that is there, right? If you know the story of Lot, it goes on a little bit. We'll talk about this maybe next week, I think. And he gets sucked into Sodom and the sin and the wickedness that's there, and it's eventually his downfall. Shiro's pretty. But Abram, Abram's like, whatever. Whatever you want to do. See, Abram had this thing, this, this theology of abundance. He knew that God would bless him with whatever he needed. That's the key thing right there. He knew that God would bless him with whatever he needed. Yeah, I wonder how many of us have these visions in our life or have these opportunities or choices in our life and, and we go for that pretty one. We go for that thing that looks good, that looks lush, that looks plush, that looks great, beautiful, and that's the thing that we want. It's not always necessarily the thing that God wants for us. Not always necessarily the thing that is the best interest in our own lives. Yet sometimes we, we try to depend on ourselves and we think we have the answers and we think we can look out there and we can see and say, well, clearly that is the best area that is here. That is the best choice because it looks the best. So that must be the best choice. When in truth, it really was the worst choice that Lot could have made. You know, I kind of feel sorry for Lot that Abram kind of set him up a little bit. Essentially, I kind of look at this and he's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to choose. doesn't matter what you choose because God has chosen to bless me. I feel kind of bad for Lot, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you know, when I read through this, I'm like, man, you just got punked. Younger people explain to the older people. But, but it's one of those things. But see, here's the deal is Lot was, I think, a little too greedy in his outlook. I think Lot was a little too self-centered in looking what was out best for him when, when Abram was like, you know, whatever. It's that resting and trusting in God. I trust you, God, that whatever happens, you will give me what I need. It may not look like what I need by the world standards. I have lots of cattle and I have lots of sheep. And that looks like the best place. The Jordan Valley looks pretty good. I trust thee that what I need you will give me. And it might be this land of Canaan where there's just little tufts of grass sticking up between rocks. Maybe that's what I need. How many of us have a true trust in God that we're willing to go the wrong way 
according to the world, that we're willing to take those hard decisions and go a different route and just say, whatever happens, I know that God will be there. Whatever happens, I know that I will have what I need. I know that I'll have more than I need. It's a theology of abundance that God will bless me. Trust. Boy, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. That's a hard thing to do in such an academic-driven world, such a me-centered world. You too. It's all about you. I just want to put it out the world and show everybody what, what I'm about. Sometimes it's hard to, to, lose, to lose that. Just say, whatever. Whatever with my life. You know, it's not just in business. It's in every aspect of our life, really. That trust, that strength. Over the past two years, I know that I've talked about this probably more times than I should in here, but not all of you come every Sunday, so you probably, and you don't clearly don't remember what's said week to week. Over the last two years, Jenna and I have really had to fall back on the theology of, of abundance a lot. We've really been tested in this. We've really been, you know, questioning it and going back and forth and back and forth. Monday, the reason I wasn't here last Sunday is we had a doctor's appointment in Dallas at the Scottish Rite Hospital where Gracie had her hip surgery done. And if you've been here for a while, you know my, my daughter had hip surgery. She was in a body cast for almost the first six months of her life. Um, it was not a fun time at all. And she got her cast off on Good Friday. It was kind of like coming out of the tomb. It was awesome. We were just so excited about it. And we, we go back, and I've been back once before when Corbin was born. I went back up, and we, we took an x-ray and everything, and uh, everything looked great. And they said, oh, man, they're in the sockets. They look good. So this time we're going up to Dallas. We're going up to Scottish Rite Hospital. And, you know, we're walking in. We're having a great my, – my, my wife uh, had her birthday in January, and my sister got her some tickets to Stars on Ice um, I, that night. So she was excited about it, and I was excited that I didn't have to go uh, to Stars on Ice. And, <laughs> And uh, so there, she was, you know, we had our day planned out, and it was so great. We're going to go to Scottish Rite. It'll be an hour. They're going to go, you rock. You're going to be our poster child for how successful this surgery can be. We want to grace everywhere across our literature. You know, it's going to be so good. And Dr. Herring's going to just go, oh, I love seeing this girl and everything. And so we do the x-rays, and then Dr. Herring comes in. He sits down, and he goes, well, doesn't look as good as we hoped. Hmm. Okay, what does that mean? Well, they're not in the sockets as much as they were. Huh, okay. And the sockets aren't growing around them the way that they should. Okay. But we know, we know she has loose joints and tendons, and that's kind of, you know, part of who Gracie is. Oh, great. So what does that mean? Well, we want you to come back in six months, and if it doesn't correct itself, we're going to have to do another surgery. Another body cast. thing is, she's starting to crawl fast, starting to pull up. Every now and then I walk into, I think I said this one Sunday, I walk into her room and she's standing in her crib just looking outside. Hey, I went out now. She's starting to come around. We see strength and we see all these things happening. And then the doctor says this, you might have to go back into a body cast. That's devastating. We were riding so high, and then all of a sudden, it's like somebody just went, bam, right in our gut. Just took a shot at us. And all these things start spinning. She's having this 
constant problem of, you know, I don't know how many of you have been sick this flu season. I think probably all of you could raise your hand right now. Either you or someone in your family has. Everybody's been hit hard. It's been really bad. When she gets it, it lasts a long, long time. She still has it. It's been a month. She's lost weight, 13% of her body weight. She's a skinny girl. You know, me, that's nothing. You couldn't even tell, but her, it's big. You know, and we start worrying. All these things start happening. Are you kidding me? God, are you kidding me? I want the the green valley. I want the Jordan Valley. The thing looks beautiful and great. I, you know, I look out there and I fall into this thing. I want the little two-year-old girl who's running around and talking and feeds herself and all these different things. I want to choose Lot's path. Because that's the one that looks good and pretty and beautiful and that's what it should be. And we go back and forth on this so many times. God, how, what's going on? Two weeks ago, I said this. I said, God, you have overestimated our strength. See, here's that theology of abundance. Yeah, but I haven't overestimated mine. I haven't overestimated what I can do. I haven't overestimated my power, my healing power, my grace, my mercy. See, that's the thing is this theology of abundance that Abram got. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter if I'm stuck in the desert in the corner of the worst place of the world where I have to search for food for my sheep and my cattle. It doesn't matter because God's with me. Because God is stronger than that. Because God will provide. So he does this. And what does God do? God comes up to him and goes, this is what you've won. All around you will be yours. I mean, he's like a game show host. I love it. God walks up to him. He says, I'm going to bless you so much. Your descendants will be so great like the dust, they can't even count them. See, Abram wasn't, he wasn't planning for that. He's just like, I'm trusting God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if God's going to walk up and go, well, that was just silly. <laughs> so here's your little corner, but it's going to be enough for you. It's going to be what you need. Turned out for Abram to be a pretty cool deal. That his choice, that Lot's choice was the wrong choice. He chose poorly. How many times do we want to choose that path, that Lot path, that path where things look pretty and easy? And not trust God that he's going to give us what we need. You know, Jenna and I, we have this situation with grace and it's, it's tough, and I'm sure some of you, you know, are tired of hearing about it. Some of you, are, you know, whatever. But I know that all of you have something going on in your life. Some of you have stuff that's going on in your life that I can't imagine how you handle it. I can't imagine that you get out of bed in the morning and you have the strength to carry on and go about your day. can't imagine it because I know that times are so tough. And others of you are going, holy cow, this makes my problem look so small and minuscule. But it's a problem to you, and it's an issue to you, and it's something you're dealing with and having to reach out and take a leap of faith and trust God in. That's the thing. Trust God. All of us, wherever we are, in whatever situation, whatever is going on in our life, in our career, in our family, with our friends, whatever it is, with our health, theology of abundance. God's going to give you what you need. God's going to give you what you need. And you know what? It's usually going to be more. God's going to bless you as you just say, I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to go on in my life. I don't know what's going to happen on my way home from church today. But I trust you. I trust you. And each morning I will get out of bed 
and I will trust you. That's the way Abram lived his life. And think of the major radical changes that happened to him. He had to take his son to a mountain, raise a knife, and come down as he was about to kill his son. Because he trusted God. Those of you that don't know the story, I don't want to ruin it, but he doesn't kill him. Because God provided. God intervened and brought forth a ram. God provides. God blesses. God will give you what you need if you trust. It's a theology of abundance. Today, I just encourage you today to do that, to just trust. Some of you might be having major decisions and major choices that are occurring in your life right now. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's some family issue that you're having to deal with. Maybe it's a real estate issue. Maybe, who knows what it is? Something's going on in each one of your lives right now, maybe. Maybe it's a minor decision. Where are you going to go to lunch today? Order up's good? I don't know. Just trust God. Trust God first. And then see what happens next. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are a God of abundance. That in the midst of our choices, of our our daily lives, Lord, you are constantly there. We may not always hear you. We may not always see you. We might not always be looking for you, God. But we know that you're there. Lord, give us the strength to know that truly deep within ourselves. No matter what issue arises, no matter what occurrence happens in our life, that you are there, that you will give us what we need. Help us to put our trust in you. 